Hello, welcome to a special Greenhouse Live, the season review like we've done in the past years. But Matt, a uh, little bit later this year than what it has been in the past and um, I guess, what, 10 or 11 days after the grand final and um, I promise not to try and cry today, but uh, how's, how's it been trying to, I guess, take in the the, the season and the grand final and, and what happened and... Um, and the fact that we had such a great year, but we didn't quite get to that uh, one final step on the mountain. Yeah, look, I mean, it's it, firstly, it's nice to be in the, the greenhouse penthouse. Steve's uh, place. Steve's yeah. place here um, to do this. And um, it's actually been really good. It's been really nice to actually be away from football for a few days. I said the, I said the same thing um, on the Green Machine podcast the other night. So we, having done the grand final, it was nice to sort of just step back and do nothing for a few days and yeah. And, and try and forget about it. It was it was tough, obviously, for about the 48 hours after, but after that point, um, I tried to take a step back for a bit and, you know, take a step back, have a look, reflect, and when you think about it, the year we've had has been pretty phenomenal. Yeah. So as much disappointment came out of that grand final as anything else, you know, this season 19 was a success. Oh, no question about that. And, and, and I mean, don't we ever went away from that. But, but it's certainly... You know, at, at the time it was it was pretty heartbreaking, obviously, to get so close and not quite get there. Um, a lot of talk after after that. Um, I guess the thing for me, just in the in the sort of twenty four forty eight hours afterwards, just looking back, and I, I have to say I haven't watched the whole thing again, but um, just how how well we played, and I guess that was sort of in, I don't know whether that makes it better or worse, but just to think how well we played. Um, so many things we did right that in many ways I still can't believe we didn't come away with the chocolates. Well, it's interesting. Like, obviously, talking to lots of people, um, you know, your boss, your friend, yeah. your whatever, um, you know, everybody says the same thing that, oh, gee, you're Raiders fan, gee, I'm sorry for you, you know, yeah. you guys had it done. Um, my boss actually had a week in New Zealand. He came back and said everyone that found out that he was from Canberra all apologised to him while they were in New Zealand too. So, you know, it's... It's not like it's just us that felt it. Everyone else seems to agree with us. And um, I mean, you were saying earlier, you know, you lose, you know, the theory is you lose a grand final, it makes you better, gives you the chance to win one. But the argument was that how much better can you really play yeah. to win one? Yeah, and, and look, and, and, you know, the reality for me is that you know, these chances don't come very often. So you don't know when the, when the next chance is going to come. We don't talk about future and, and, well, you know, I think we're in a very good position going forward. But, you never quite know when that chance is going to come again, and um, but it, but it, um, yeah, we were we were very very close to it, and it didn't quite quite get there. But the thing the thing that does I will say about people talking about it is that everyone's talked about it, and 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 that's been the whole thing during the final series. That 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 the the whole final series really captured the imagination of the Canberra public like I've never seen before. Yeah, and um, you know. People who were here in those glory days sort of maybe compare it to that, but but it did just grasp that whole community, and you, and you just hope that the the what that builds for future. And I'm not suggesting that come first game next year we're going to have twenty five, twenty six thousand there like we did for the final, and and you know all of Cam was going to be talking about it. But but you just hope that we're going to be able to build from that, and and the whole city will continue to get behind the the club. Yeah, most definitely. Look, we, we all know, well, maybe not all of us, but a lot of us knew about the hype and the and the camaraderie and the, the city coming together for those first couple of grand finals. And, I mean, it must have been... I was young for the 94 one, yeah. 
uh, still, and I hadn't quite got my head around what the Raiders were and all that sort of yeah. stuff. But everybody was talking about it, yeah. and then when they won it, you know, the, the uproar and the, the the happiness and whatever was felt. I, I really get the same feeling that that happened this time around. Okay, we, we were ultimately disappointed with the final result, but but the the community got behind them, and we saw what the stadium looked like on grand final day. I mean, you know, everyone was thinking it might be 70% Raiders. Well, it, it was. It was very yeah. green, and it didn't seem to matter where you went. It seemed to be 70-30. Um, I was actually on the Gold Coast and um, at the Star Casino there, and, and even the crowd outside there, I reckon, was 70-30. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, you know, that, that just shows the spirit that our team brought with it this year. And, you know, Bateman's parting words for the grand final was, whoever's the last one out, turn the light off. Well, I think that was well said. Yeah, yeah. Well, let, let's hope that if we do get another one, you don't actually have a wedding planned on <laughs> yeah, well, on that weekend. And it wasn't your wedding, but um, a wedding that you had to go to. But, um, yeah, no, look, and let's touch on the grand final. And obviously, we can't talk about the grand final without talking about the two key incidents. And, and, and they've been talked about a lot since. Um, things happen in, in, in sport and um, you don't always get the best rub of the green. But um, they have been talked about a lot and, and you know, clearly those the two key ones being the, the ball hitting the trainer and, and the, um, and the, not, the, so the six not six again um, have been talked about and will probably always be talked about around, around that. I, 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 I read a, what I thought was a pretty ridiculous article actually about talking about, you know, it sort of puts an asterisk against the premiership for the Roosters. And, and, and a few comments that I saw, you know, how could Roosters fans be happy? Well, I'm sorry, they won a grand final. They, they, of course they're going to be happy. And, and, you know, if we had have won it in those circumstances, we would have been very happy too and not particularly worried about those decisions. But the, the trainer one clearly was, was the right interpretation, was the right call under the rules. But it did seem a very strange decision to me that that is the rule. And I think, I think that'll be looked at. I, I... Yeah, it's one of the, it's one of the um, review questions for the NRL survey this year. So they're obviously finally going to address the trainer issue, which has obviously been a, a bigger issue for a lot longer and mostly about how much time they spend on the field, whereas rather than the ball hitting them. But I think this is finally the instance that they might actually do something about it. Well, see, it's, it's interesting. I... I I um, I probably sit a little bit differently to that. I, I don't have a big problem with this trainers on the field. The, the, to me, the rule's pretty simple. When, when you've got the ball, the trainers are allowed to be on the field. That's it. Now, I, I know Steve hates me talking about comparing other sports, but but one of one of the things that um, was interesting actually about if you compare um, what happened with with this to to AFL and and in the grand final last year, um, 2018, Collingwood got beat by five or six points. And the the runner actually gave away a fifty meter penalty because he got in the way and um, didn't touch the ball, but got in the way. And the um, umpire gave a fifty meter penalty. Um, it wasn't right at the end of the game; it was in that third quarter. But but the rule was very clear there. If, if your runner or trainer got in the way, it was it was a penalty against that side. And of course, Collingwood only lost by less than a goal, and that runner was actually in tears at the end of the game. Um, I guess feeling that, that that was his his fault, and and the AFL actually went not only not necessarily just from that rule, but they actually changed the rules and runners, um, which I guess is the equivalent of those sort of trainers, are not allowed on the field until a goal's been scored. They're only allowed on whilst the ball's going back to the centre. So um, whether the NRL will react something similar to that, I I'm not too sure that that's necessary. To be honest, I think I I, I don't think. 
Look, I, I'm I'm not a fan of the Alfie Langer-styled trainer that comes on and plays halfback without the ball. I, I think that that's obviously bending the rule, but I don't know how you get around that. My my stance on this, and I think it seems to be a popular one at the moment, is, and it's even the same a little bit with the ball hitting the referee, but my my feeling is if your trainer interferes in the play, a bit like AFL, yep. if you, you lose the ball. Yeah. Instant turnover. I don't need it to be a penalty or whether you just lose possession. Oh, look, and, uh, but, I, and I'm even happy for it to be handed over where that person was standing. Even if that's on the one, I don't care. Just... You lose ball, and that seems common sense to me. Mm. That that that's what you would you would do. Now clearly, clearly that trainer didn't deliberately get in the way. Now, mm. if he's deliberately got in the way, this is a whole different story. But but he, he you know, it was it was a freak accident as far as you know. Um, Soli Alice charged down, charged down with his head, yeah. I think. Yeah, it was. His and, head. and the balls bounced into the trainer. So um, that's that's you know life, and and that will happen. But but the the fact that they got the ball now now it is it is important to remember actually we didn't they didn't score straight off that they scored off Two they had, sets they had that set they then got a penalty and then they scored off that which yeah. which um so there was a bit there and and to be honest we were a bit lazy for that try um Tarpany did get caught out pretty badly there by not being able to get back quickly and and Verrill, so who I think is a very good player and I was actually hoping they'd start friend because I thought that yeah I was hoping um, they'd play friend for similar reasons, yeah because you know? I, I think that he's been very good very well so I think friend was always going to be a bit underdone um took the advantage of that and, mm. and scored that so so there was that one and then obviously the the six again call um towards the end was 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 disappointing and and I guess it's 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 a it's an interesting one about <coughs> how they actually make those calls the referee the referee clearly made the call Straight away, that there was there was six again. Now, whether you they even got as far as getting halfway through the word six. Yeah, yeah, um, and, and signal the audio. So uh, it was it was a decision he had made and then got overruled, I guess. Um, and the, the way I've always said the stance of this was, and it's I think it's the same in any sport you play in a contentious situation, in a ball contested situation, players will immediately look to the referee. Yeah. As soon as they see what the referee has decided, they will then react accordingly. Well, in this instance, Jack White saw the hand in the air and immediately went back to playing football. And his mentality was, we need to keep the ball. We need to set up for the next one. We got six again. Now, if you watch the overshot, and I know it's probably a bit different to see at the ground, which you yep. guys would have seen, but on the television, the only people that thought it was the last tackle were the two or three players in the Roosters' defensive line either side of the referee. Everybody else on the field thought it was six again. Oh, look, no doubt, Steve and I. Um, Steve and I thought it was six again. And in fact, I remember us yelling out to to Emre, who got the ball before um, White and all, who came off was White and then it went to Emre, um, saying, you know, just take the tackle, just take the tackle, and in the end, he, he he offloaded, which which was which was not a play, not thinking it was six again. Um, he got the pass out, and um, and then Jacko got it, and we were sort of saying, well, you know, take the tackle, get get yeah, six yeah. again. Um, it, 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 yeah, it's, it's a it's a bit of a comedy of errors, but but I guess a bit of unique circumstances as well. In that in that not to you know grand final about ten minutes to go, that you couldn't hear yourself think in the place. You know, it was yeah. so noisy, and there's eighty odd thousand people. There's not many NRL games that have eighty thousand people, so. Um, that meant that really had no hope of hearing the voice from Cummins. Um, you were just focusing on the on the waving there. So that that obviously hurt us um, pretty badly. You look at the replay there. I think probably what and potentially could have put a grubber kick in, which would have given our outside backs Rapana and Leilua a bit of a chance. Um, but or he throws the hail mary out that way and yeah looks yeah for a three yeah. On three or look, who's, yeah. Who knows? I mean, look, 
maybe he might have thrown a pass. It might have been intercepted, and they might have run away and scored. So, so who knows? But but we didn't get the rub of the green with those couple of of decisions, which which um, hurt us. Whether that cost us the game, who knows? I, I think I I think the the aftermath of that call was an emotional hit to us, and I don't think we reacted well. Um, most of the rest of this year, we've been able to back up errors or back up calls that we thought went against us. But I think yeah. the emotion of a grand final. And the emotion of how big a call that was at that instant in the game, I think, beat us. I don't think it was necessarily the call, but but rather the mindset after the call. Which which is interesting, I guess, when you think about it. That there was as good as we played in that grand final. We we conceded two tries from things that we were so much better at this year. Mm-hmm. So we we um lay we we got away from lazy marker defence, which which we which has sort of troubled us in the past. Um, we conceded a try through through that. We only had one marker there, you know, out of position. Um, and then perhaps we we maybe dropped ahead a little bit from a bad call. So mm. um, that that's a little bit disappointing because that was two things that we we worked on. But but look, that's that's life. Um, it was it was obviously hard to see Tedesco go and score. Um, you know, we obviously know the history of of him that he you know signed with us. Um, I mean, he had an amazing year when you think he, he scored the winning try in Origin. He scored the winning try in the grand final. He won the Dally M. Yeah. Um, he could have done with a Clive Churchill to just, you know, round it all oh, off. Oh, well, it wouldn't have surprised me if he'd done that. We'll um, talk about that in a sec. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so look, and, and I, but I think the, the thing that, that will be with the grand final is, is and where we probably had our real chance was that 10 minutes when Cronk was off the field. Definitely. And I just felt that that... Um, that gave them a lot of confidence when they got through that 10 minutes. We had that chance right at the end with Leilura and Rapana. Um, if we probably had scored there, it, it may have been a bit different. But um, they, I think, who, was, who they were struggling at that point when Kronk got put in the bin, um, we, were on, we were on top. When they got through that 10 minutes, I think it gave them a lot of um, a lot of confidence. And even, even you know, look, you've got to say something about Kronk there too, about... You know, he's he sort of realised pretty quickly he's about to get binned, and he's going around, you know, pumping up his teammates. I mean, there's probably not too many players that would necessarily think that that would be the initial reaction yeah. to do. But he he did that. They they stepped up. They they defended pretty well during that time, um, and you know, history history so shows they they are able to get get um, get through that and then um, then score. Um, I mean, I am seeing there's plenty of comments coming through, which is fantastic. We're going to talk a bit, and then we'll get to some comments, and we, and we we will definitely go through all the comments. So any comments we've got, we'd love to love to have, and and I think we're on a bit better connection and stuff here than maybe what we were during those finals. I think we'll yeah. get all those those comments, but um, yeah, look, not to be. Um, it wasn't uh, wasn't our day, and 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 Roosters Roosters got it. There's obviously a lot of talk about the Clive Churchill medal as well. Yep. Um, Again, controversy in that. Too. Well, controversy in that. I think I think they got the right player. Um, I think Jacko was was best on ground. They they do do some weird things though about that, and they've sort of chopped and changed with that about their um, who's going to win the medal. I think I was at that Cowboys Broncos game. You know, the only grand final that's gone to Golden Point, and I am sure they had two players at the end of 80 minutes that were, were going to win Clive Churchill, depending on who won. It was going to be Thurston. If the Cowboys won, it was going to be Milford. If um, if the Broncos had a won, which I probably would have jumped out of a tree if that had been the case. But, um, you know, it. so 
Yeah, and clearly the the uh, NRL obviously stuffed up that with the with the app, and and, and that, that that's been an issue they've they've talked about in in both Clive Church and actually the Norm Smith in in AFL as well. That they've got these judges that sit in different places, so the criticism in the past was that they had to give the results sort of with ten minutes to go, so they'd get ready for the presentation. Now with with phone apps and stuff like that, they can be in different places and and actually you know submit their votes in. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, they didn't get Lockyer's. But so so you there never give me any bias that it was the Raiders guys Daly and Meninga that um, that got Jack home because Wirra Hargraves was actually in front with their votes and it was it was Lockyer's votes that that got Jack home. Yeah, well, I, I hadn't heard that much yeah. of it, but I had heard that uh, Wirra Hargraves had been tapped on the shoulder and <laughs> said, "Staying close to the stage, mate, because um, you know you'll be called up at some point." So that I mean that's surprising and and. If you had to pick a rooster, I would have picked him. I, I thought he was their best player, and so I, yeah. I wouldn't have been surprised had he got it. Um, but in my opinion, too, I still thought even in a beaded side, Jack was still the best player on the field. Yeah, I thought Corden might have been a chance too. Although, if you actually look back at that try that we got, though, he was he was sort of out of position, but um, and made a couple of other blues. But um, yeah, and he was very good early. We were Hargraves, but yeah. but anyway, look, um, that was a bit of amateur hour, but. But let me tell you, I know, I'm sure that we Hargraves was quite happy to swap his Clive Virtual medal for a premiership ring, and yeah. I'm sure Jacko would have been happy to do the same. So that was that was a little bit emotional for me because I think one of the things I've always learned in in sport and again um, background in AFL and, and in rugby league is that is that one of the, the things you dream of as a player or as a fan is to actually see one of your teammates with with the medal, mm. and and the reason you do that is because nine times out of ten. If you actually, if your teammates got the medal, you've won a premiership as well. Um, so to see Jacko with the Clive Churchill was, in some ways, bittersweet for me because um, that's what we've dreamed of is to see see someone with a Clive Churchill because it would probably mean we've got the premiership as well. But funnily enough, we've actually now won five Clive Churchills, but only three premierships. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it's interesting. I was telling. I'm trying to think who I was telling, but um, Jack becomes the the second Raider to have won one in a. Losing, yeah, Brad Clyde was, Brad was the other, the other one, one. In but he's got a, he's got a winning one too, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, a bit harsh, and and I mean, he said it at the time that it was a bit bittersweet, yeah, uh, and that it was a bit numb. I think was the phrase he used, um, which which I imagine very much suggested the way he was feeling. So, yeah. and and just to wrap up the grand final, so I think you know they 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 um, had a night with families and stuff in in Sydney on the. On the Sunday night, came home on the Monday, got stuck in traffic, which a lot of um, Raiders fans did. Unfortunately, I actually stayed till the Tuesday morning. And but then the the thing at West Belconnen on the on the Tuesday, obviously workday Tuesday after losing grand final, a bit of rain around as well. Um, maybe not quite the party we would have liked, but but it's still a pretty good roll up. And the players were a bit worse for wear, having had a big Monday night, and that was fair enough. But um, I think that was probably pretty special as well to see the roll up there and just the support they got from from everyone. Yeah, look, I think all of those events, pre-grand final and post-grand final, has had pretty good showings, given that it's been work days for everybody. So, you know, it's just showing the support that, that yep. we've sort of rocked up with in 2019. And, C- 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 and of course, oh, sorry, of course yeah. C.S. Oliola getting the Ken Stevens medal. I, I couldn't now, think of... Is that could, the first time he's won it, Steve? or is Because I'm, I'm sure he's been nominated for it more than yeah. once. Yeah, he yeah. has been nominated, yeah, but right. but look, I couldn't think of a more deserving winner. Not only not only for his you know community work and he does the homeless stuff, but but also just the just his um, interaction with fans as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, to give you an example, the 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 Tuesday after the grand final at, at West Belcon, the players all came out. And look, the players the players were in you know 
pretty seedy because they, they had had a big night the night before and I don't begrudge them that at all. But um, it was sort of designed so that they weren't signing autographs and stuff like that, which I think is probably fair enough. They'd, they'd had enough by that point. And, um, and really, there'd been a lot of other opportunities during the season. But CS stayed out there. Steve and I were, were um, out on the ground for a while and CS stayed out there for, for at least as long as I was there, which was probably at least 40 minutes after they, they spoke. Show shaking hands, talking to players. All the other players went inside and had something to eat. And as I say, I don't have a problem with that. But um, see, so just stood out there and just you know. And I think some of the Raiders officials are saying, "Come on, see, you know, you want to come in? No, I'm fine." You know, that's that just sort of shows the quality of the guy. I know that's not to. to I don't want to be having a go at anyone else, but but shows the quality of the guy and and his love for this club. And and I think he, in many ways, epitomised what we what we did this year. And in, in that. He's, you know, he's, he's he's not from Canberra. He's, he's obviously um, New Zealand background and Polynesian background and roosters and been in England and, and all that sort of stuff. But he's he's come to this club and, and just shown a love for this club and this club, the city, which I think is replicated back by the community. And he is, I couldn't think of a more worthy winner of that medal. Look, um, you know, Ricky's thing when he first came here was make the club a family club, family first. Well, that's that's Sir Soiola in and out. Yep. Um, you know, I honestly believe he'd give you the shirt off his back yeah. if you needed it. Yeah. Um, but he was also one of the first Raiders to really embrace the Viking clap. Now, he's obviously yeah. the guy that now goes over to Simon and bangs the drum yeah. um, at away games and stuff for, for, for winning games and obviously did it in the final, yeah. which was pretty special um, here. But he's got to be one of the nicest blokes yeah. in the NRL and I'm sure there are a few and, you know, we do get to see bits yeah. and pieces of different and players. And there's plenty but, of others at the Raiders too. Let me well, most yeah. definitely. But, yeah. um, yes, the... CSOEOLA the person yep. is probably even better than CSOEOLA the player. Yeah, so yeah. I, I think that's I think that's the thing that needs to be focused on there. And to be fair, it's not everyone's personality to be as, as open as that. So, that's right. So that's that's fair enough. Look, um, we do want to go back and, and review the whole season, which, which could take a while the way we're going. But um, let's let's get let's get through some comments first, particularly about the grand final, and then we'll then we'll get back to the to sort of talking about the whole season. Um, Sam was our first man off the rank as far as mine was concerned um, boys did us proud but um, getting me is we're scrambling to sign players yet and the Roosters are state of origin strength side um, yeah, hold that thought we will talk about signing of players and next year I think um, we might get to that we'll, at the end we'll, we'll hold yep. that off a little bit uh, Steve Spencer grand final has been done our issue now is the boys and their contracts who goes where etc um, well, I, I think we'll probably we'll touch we'll on catch, that, we'll touch that, yep. on that in a minute. Um, Steve Spencer six again. It's just like the flag. I'll totally agree, mate. Um, you know, players reacted after seeing something. Yep. That's that's yep. how I explained it. Um, Andrew that's Jones, the flag at Cronulla, I think. Yes, yeah, yeah, I think that's what he's talking about. Yep. Uh, Joey was lazy down the blind side. Oh, look, I think I think that's harsh. I think the 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 Roosters played that well. Like Lua had come in to make a tackle, and the. Um, Roosters pounced on the fact that he was out of position. In oh, the and that, that, pitch, that pass from Mitchell was superb. Like, yeah. Normally the media wax lyrical about him. I'm surprised they haven't talked more about that pass, actually, because that, that to me was a super pass. I mean, I would actually rate that pass as, you know, with, with Benji's one in the, you know, the flick pass that gets talked about 15 years later or however long it is. I mean, that was that was a super pass and a super move. And, and Tedesco is, is a great fullback, as you saw, and always in the right position. Look, it's it's one of the things um, I've talked about a couple of times, and we've you know, I actually talked about yeah. it on the other podcast. But um, the Roosters are one of the best sides at finishing line breaks. Yeah. They, they turn half chances into tries, yeah. and one of the big factors in that is James Tedesco because he's 
He's got that Billy Slater ability to just be in the right place at the right time and finish tries. And, and in the same instance on the grand final, he was the man that just happened to show up at the right time um, to, to get them. Oh, they're, they're a super team. And, and you, don't, you don't go back-to-back by accident. They're the first team in 25 years, whatever, 26 years to, to go. 93? 92, so 93, yes. Yeah, so it was yeah. like 26 years. So um, to go back-to-back, so, you know, they're... Super, super team. Uh, Mark, if if Papa is allowed to catch the ball, he scores as well. Penalty try, I reckon. The Leilua pass, we score. I flew over from New Zealand and was how disappointed we lost. But let's try and keep our team together. Looking forward to having a good seven guide us around. Um, yep. and you also said, and Caesar coming off his yeah Caesar coming off his wing when Mitchell was covered. Uh, that's I think that's. Um, in response to also the the try where someone went around the uh, two people went around the outside of him, I think. Um, okay, yeah, Caesar yeah. certainly wasn't um, in the look, play for that. Um, does Papali score when he if he catches that ball? I, if he doesn't catch it, he go. If he does catch it or is allowed to catch it, he probably goes very close. If he doesn't, um, you know, I, and I guess the fact that he went to the sin bin is is. Uh, yeah, bad. I mean, look, as that, far as the penalty try, I, I don't think you can call it a penalty try. He still had eight meters to go. There wouldn't be anything to compare it to to be a penalty try, I don't think. Um, look, they've probably got the right call. There's a lot of games of time in rugby league over the last 15 years where that wouldn't have been anywhere near a sin bin. They're very hot on that these days, so it was going to be. Um, I can understand what Cronk did. He's there, he's getting ready to make a tackle, he's about to have a big bloke run through him. Um, and there's only a split second in it, ultimately. Yeah. I mean, his, his time was only off by a fraction. Yeah, it was. So... so. Yeah. Look, who knows? Okay, look, so and uh, so just to, to wrap up that whole grand final, that whole that whole week was just so special. As mm. as someone who's been around for you know, sixteen years for me, I know there's a lot of people that've been around since day one, but but that, that, that week the 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 South preliminary final so really the whole month in many ways, because the the, the match in, in Melbourne was was amazing. The and the atmosphere there, I thought, was fantastic. The the build up then to the home preliminary final, the home preliminary final, getting that, and then the grand final. And the, the Raiders, I think, did a did a fantastic job as a club over that whole week as well. With yeah. but you know the the comments from a number of media people were they were as open as any club's ever been during the grand final week. You know that the Tuesday morning with the um, the training session with you know two or three thousand people there. The lineup back to you know CIT was just you know unbelievable, beautiful, beautiful morning. Um, then you know the, the 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 farewell with the bus going, which was probably a little bit ridiculous, but but you know it was it was all part of the whole um, enjoyment of that. The the NRL I think probably did a pretty good job with that Martin Place thing. I wasn't able to be there, but but they they did a pretty good job with that. And then you know just that whole build up. We were at the races on the Saturday. Um, you know, a number of people in in green hats and scarves and stuff at, at the at the races, um, and then you know just Sydney that whole whole day um, going on the train out to out to Homebush, and and I went into that um, state championship game. I want to go and watch that, and um, Steve and my partner and, and a few others stayed in the in the pubs and stuff. And then I came out and we went and did the greenhouse live at um, the brewery, and and the amount of green at that place was just. Extraordinary, and and you know, so many people I saw there that I'd seen sort of on this journey of, of being a Raiders supporter was just really really special. So to to share that with with everyone was was great, and to see the team run out in the grand final, stand up for the anthem was was something we'll never forget. So um, I've said before that that was my 
probably favourite day as a Raiders supporter ever and probably my my um, least favourite day in, is at the same time um, in my 16 years. Yeah, well, it's, it's easy to understand why. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right, so let's, let's, let's not focus on the grand final. Let's go back, right back to the start of, of the season and, and even the pre-season because um, one of the things that happened after, after last season is, you know, again, last year we were, we were on top in the, in the attack in the attacking stats until the last game, I think we we um, we got beaten that last game. South scored a few against um, Melbourne Tigers or someone that was totally cooked. But and we ended up being second, I think, most points scored. But we we finished tenth and we were probably four or five games out of the eight. Um, there was a real focus over the summer on defence, and and I think probably not unreasonably, maybe some of the comments on on Greenhouse were, you know, we've heard all this before. That, yes, you know. That yeah yeah we'll focus on defence we'll do this and and uh, I made the joke to you the other day that maybe before this season the defence was something that was kept the spectators from the field that you know um, we didn't know much about it but the coaches and and I think McFadden coming back was was really important but you've really got to give the coaches credit Sticky and and, and McFadden and um, so Cappy and um, Brett White that. They promised something over the preseason. They and, also and Ennis too. Don't forget. Yeah, Ennis and Ennis, big, big and they also made one. quite a few changes in the fitness staff as well and the rehab staff. And they promised over the summer that we were going to focus on defence. And you cannot say they did anything but deliver because from the very first game when we beat Gold Coast and and history shows that you know Gold Coast weren't weren't much of a side, but. Um, when we beat them 19 nil or 21 nil, 21 21 nil, 21 in, nil, in, nil teaming was, rain. in teaming rain, mm. kept kept the opposition to nil. First time we'd kept an opposition to nil for five or six years. First time we'd we'd done it away since 2001. Um, just I think put the stamp on on where we were at, and and you know that could have been a, a, a one off because in the end we were playing you know what was clearly the worst team in the comp, but. Um, that really, but, I mean, even, even bad teams are good in round one. You know, yeah. they, they, they don't know that they haven't quite worked out that they're bad yet, and they haven't sort of been beaten in a submission yet. So, sure, we beat what is ultimately yeah. a bad team, but they didn't know it quite yet. No, that's right. But but you know, we 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 beat them well. But but then we we got off to a really good start. We we lost the we lost the following week to um, to the storm. But I've said to you before, and I said this on Greenhouse Live a few times. Over the year, that that game actually gave me some hope. I didn't have a, I have to be honest, I didn't have a lot of expectations going into the season, and um, that game gave me some hope because of particularly the way we played after we got rattled early, and they sort of got blown away a little bit early. We then played the way we were supposed to play. We were really tied up the middle. They they got round us a couple of times, but we won the second half. I think that night looked pretty good. And I actually came out of that one thing. Well, we might actually be a bit better than what I thought we would be. Well, I know for a loss we were pretty upbeat, and I know yeah. it probably helped that it was only week two and and whatever. But yeah, that second half certainly gave us showed fighting spirit and gave us heart. Yeah. And, and I think that's that's essentially what you take out of that game. And then from there we went on a bit of a bit of a run, and we ended up what six and two, I think you were saying. Yeah. So we so we we're not going to go through every game. One by one like that, but we beat the the Knights, the Cowboys, the Eels, where we kept um, kept them scoreless again. We won nine, so that was the one that was nineteen nil. Um, and then the Broncos in a in a tight one where they were where they were um, challenging us a bit there. So we're five and one after six weeks. That was Easter Sunday, I think, from memory. 
Um, we then went to Manly and started well. And blew it. And, and played. Whiten scored two tries in like five minutes he or did, something. He did. We, yeah. Well, actually, when I say we started well, we probably didn't start that well, but as far as our, our general play wasn't that good. But then we then we actually got 12-0 up and and um, Trevojevic wasn't, well, Tom Trevojevic wasn't playing. Cherry Evans got hurt. You'd think we should probably go, go on and win that. We don't. Um, not the first time we, we probably should have beaten Manly and didn't. Um we get beat there. We then go to Wagga, which which I know was a controversial decision as to whether we should be doing that or not. We're not going to go through that now. Um, but we went to Wagga. We played really well against Penrith. Um, so we're six and two. So at that point we, we were, lost. We lost Bateman in that game. We lost Bateman in that Kickow's head took his eyes off. Yeah. It. So we lost Bateman in that game, which which was a real blow. But but we were we were in pretty good space there. We then had two massive games against. Um, Roosters and Rabbitohs, and I have to say, I don't have, I wasn't thinking a lot about the games leading into them. I was, I was a little bit busy with something else at that time. But um, the, 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 I think that everyone talked about that being a real test for us. And even though we lost those two games, I think our actually stakes were actually higher after the end of those two games than what they were before they were. Um, because I think we played pretty well. Roosters was a bit of a, a hard one, that one in Magic Round, because they did blow us away early, and then they got a few injuries, and we came back, and we had a chance, and we probably got a bit of a dud call there as well, where, um, yeah, where we could have we yeah. could have won in the last minute. But um, And then we were pretty good against the Rabbitohs. We, we were very good against the Rabbitohs game. Yeah, right? just got back. And they were flying at that point. That, 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 like, even, even that game felt like semi-final yeah. football. Like, it was tense... Um, you know, that was sort of the coming of age yeah. game for Horsburgh and Young, who took it to, to Sam Burgess in that game. And again, that game was lost on the try line in the last minute with yeah. with um Alan managing to, to strip Croker on the try line. Yeah, yeah. I think that was the only home game probably I've ever been in Canberra and not going, but um I had something else on that night. But um federal election was pretty big too. That was that was a bit upset. That was an upset. Um but uh yeah, that um, that uh, was that got us in pretty good space, even though we'd lost there. But then we then we had a pretty poor game. I felt the next week against um, Cowboys, and we lost Hogson that game. We'd already lost Bateman. We thought he was going to be out for a while. In fact, going back to England for a little while. Um, we lost one or two others. I'm trying to remember who they were now, but we lost one or two others. We had quite a few injuries. We were also about to go into Origin. We knew we were going to get a few picked in Origin for the first mm-hmm. time. We we're going to get. Um, you know, White and Cotrickton and uh, Papali are all going to be a big chance. So I remember when we did that Greenhouse Live after the Cowboys game, and we were very we were pretty down. We were yeah. Very yeah, yeah, we were pretty down because we were we'd suddenly got to six and five, and and going into a tough three week period where we we looked like we weren't going to have a lot of players. It was a three week period before we had the buy, and we we started to look a bit tired at that point too. Yeah. And and and. Generally, you know, if seasons passed, you would have had a break by then because, you know, there used to be that test match break and the city country and stuff. So a lot of players would have had a break. We didn't have any break. And and six and five, we then had um, – I knew we were going to play Saturday, Friday, Thursday. And for Origin players, they're going to have to play Wednesday, Friday, Thursday. So they're going to play three games in a week mm. um, or eight days. I almost, I think I might have even said it in Greenhouse Live. It was like, geez, if, we, if I could take one out of three right at the moment, I'd take it. And so things looked a little bit grim then. Now, of course, 
Bateman came back from England and suddenly, you know, miracle recovery from the cheekbone played against the Dogs. But those three games were massive for me over the season. So we, we ground out that win against um, Dogs in front of virtually next to no one at ANZ. Um, and ultimately, Bateman was the difference, and so, yeah. so that was huge. Had a great, great, great win at Parramatta against um, Tigers when we kept them to nil as well. So that yep. was our third one the to first nil. Trip to Bankwest. Yeah, and then and then um, hung tough against um, Sharks as well. Um, so well, we we blew them off the paddock, and then they came back. Yeah, they, yeah that's, that's five, right. They did too. They had yes. a five day turnaround, and I think I'd said prior to the game, five day turnaround, you can pretty much write nine out of ten teams off. And then, of course, we were out to a twenty nil head yeah, start. Right. We were too. It yep. looked like, yep, the five day turnaround was in full effect. And then um, Cherry got injured, bringing Graham on, and all of a sudden the game turned around. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's I'd, I'd forgotten about that. Yeah, I was yeah. thinking that was pretty tight and we'd won. But no, you're right. We we were up, weren't we? And then, and for the first time out of two this year, they actually scored more tries than us, and and but we still won the game. They missed a few goals. Well, they, went on, they went on a string of string of losses, having scored more tries. They did. They did. Um, but um, but we hung tough, and 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 maybe we got a little bit lucky in some ways. But but we hung tough. We got those three wins, and that that really set us up. We then we then had a period where we only had one game in a month, which which was a bit strange with the the buy for with the second Origin where no one plays, and then um, the buy. And of course, that one game in the month, we 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 stuffed up royally against um, Parramatta in, in Darwin. Darwin, where we we looked a million dollars for the first thirty five minutes, and then, and then went totally to sleep, and then terrible for the next forty five. Um, but. But we were still in a pretty good position, and then from there we 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 came back after the bye, and we had a lot of players back by then, and we beat we beat Dragons, we beat Tigers, we beat Pan. Tigers was another to nil. Twenty twenty. No, no, no. That that was the home one. We won uh, twenty to twelve. It was the away one. We beat Tigers. Oh, away, um, that was the Forever Green. Yeah, it was. We had yes. Steve Jackson and um, Ciro. Ciro on this. That was yeah, a pretty special was night pretty for cool. Greenhouse Live. But um, then we beat we beat Penrith. And at that, that point, they were flying. They won about eight in a row at that point. So they were seven in a row. But if you go back and look at who they beat and when they beat them, they didn't beat anybody. Yeah, um, hold on. Don't, don't talk them down. Don't try and talk, talk up the stream. <laughs> You're not on the same way. But, uh, but they were. I was about to say they were flying. You know, you're going the media was certainly them. talking about They were flying. They sure. were going really well. We had we, we They were... Sunday afternoon, it was a decent day from memory. They had a big crowd. And, and Gus, Gus hadn't been fired yet, and he was talking up the Panthers and saying we, yes. were, we were bullies beating up on teams that were useless. Yeah, and, and, we, and we had no ball in the first 10 minutes at all, um, mm-hmm. but we hung tough through that, and then we, we won. And we ended up winning, I think, what was it, 30-18. So it was actually quite... I think we scored three tries in the last... Twelve minutes or something. Bateman with a strip and yeah, yeah. It was it was pretty comprehensive well, but, in the end. But, but yeah, we we, we played a few late. We played really really well, and that was that was an important one to get a win on the road and actually um, bank that. We then had a we then um, had the short turnaround, had a big win against um, Warriors um, over there, which I thought we played very very well at, again. And again, that was. That was again preparation, you know. Well, we, was that the five day turnaround game? We went early. Yeah, well, we yeah. went straight from from Sydney to to Auckland, and and we made the comment at the time how important that was because we the, with the um, salary cap for the um, football department yeah. uh, for the football department spending, we couldn't we couldn't we we made the decision that we were going to go to Auckland early and not come back to Canberra and you know have that sort of couple of trips there and. 
that meant that we couldn't go to Darwin early and mm. probably acclimatise to the conditions a bit better. And, and maybe if you think about it, that maybe if we'd had a couple of more days in Darwin, we might have been a bit more equipped with the heat and, and, and done a bit better. But so it we might got... Have, might have also meant we lost the Warriors game in reverse. Though, yeah, so, so we, we got those games. So we are in a pretty good spot there. We had a massive game against um, Roosters, um, got beat narrowly. Unfortunately, that was the theme of the year. Getting beat narrowly to the Roosters, I I made the comment Lost that to Jeffords in three games. Yeah, I made the comment. I thought we were we were very very good that day, and I think again we were positive after that that loss. But um, I think I think probably the better team won that game. I'm not too sure I'd agree with that in the grand final. I think mm, probably the better team lost. But but I think even though it was close, I think they were probably uh, a touch better than us. Tedesco was you know Brilliant. Tedesco again. Um, and then of course the the big big home and away win of the season was. And and really, I guess stamped us as a as a real contender was the one in Melbourne to go down there and be eighteen nil down, having had two players in the bin. Yep. Uh, in the first twenty five minutes, um, you don't come back from eighteen nil down in Melbourne. Um, we did, and that was that was massive to to do that. And and again, it 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 showed it wasn't just sort of a flash of luck or a flash of brilliance. It was it was just we worked our way back into the game. Just took the time, got back. It was probably always going to take to the last couple of minutes to get them, and we did that. And we kept we kept them scoreless the other way, which which was really important. Or um, they may have got uh, two points, I think, somewhere there. No, but, no, oh, no, it was it was yeah, it was twenty two eighteen. Um, yeah, massive massive effort, and that that I think gave us a massive amount of confidence. I, I think that was the difference between winning that. That first up, what do you, I don't know, what, it's not preliminary final. What's the, what do they call the first week now? Qualifying, qualifying final. That was the difference between us having the having the belief when we did finally work out who we were playing. That that gave us the belief to think that we can go and do it again. Yeah. Um, which is what we end up doing. So. Yeah. Uh, and then then we we then we sort of threw it away a bit by coming and and losing to um, Manly in a game which was... Again, which, we should have won. Yeah, and one that at that point looked pretty important because it, it looked like that that was maybe going to be um, the big one about who was going to finish top four. Now, um, probably fortunately for us after that, Manly got a few injured and, and dropped off, but we we um, we beat the Sharks the next week anyway. But, um, yeah, that was, that was um, a bit disappointing, that one, and we were a bit down... I remember after that game, and then of course we went to went to Cronulla and and, and had that amazing golden point game with, um, yeah, Caesar three field goals, which, um, again they came out they came out out of the blocks um, hard as as we expected with yeah, Gallon's last game, um, and we had to come back there and in some ways once it got to a field goalathon that was. That actually ruined it for us because we were actually we were actually I felt right on top when we got back. I think it was twelve all, and then the field goal started. Um, but we, we we ground that one out. That was pretty special to beat um, beat Gallon in his last game at at Cronulla with with the ground absolutely jam packed. Um, again, that that you know you go back through the season. Those are the sort of wins that that are just such special memories of the season that we've mm. got, and and how we were able to. Um, get those and and um, and do that. And the truth is about away games. We actually played. If you count the Melbourne final as well, we actually played um, ten. No, it might have been eleven games actually. Eleven games on on opposition home grounds. So, um, and we actually won ten out of eleven. The only one we lost was Manly. 
we if you consider that the the roosters one was at in brisbane which was magic um round. magic round which was you know sort of a neutral ground darwin was a neutral ground as well and that was eels home game but but um when we actually went to opposition home grounds we lost one game for the season um yeah. and obviously we went to sydney in the in Great the grand final but that was on a neutral ground as well um yeah whereas our, our record at home wasn't particularly good six, what were we, six and six i think we said uh, well, actually, f- actually, five and six at Canberra Stadium because yeah. um, so we talked about the Sharks one. Then we lost to to Warriors, which in some ways was was a funny game, but in the end, maybe set up the the season a little bit in that um, we rested those players, which which you know there was a lot of talk about that. We we talked a lot about that after that game. Um, we really had that game banged to rights, regardless of whether we had players rested or not, and then meant we we're going to go to. Sydney and play the Roosters and um, and of course we got got beat and um, sent us sent us to Melbourne and, and maybe you know history shows that maybe it all it all worked out um, for the best but um, that that was a bit disappointing that game against um, against the Warriors but but it meant that we actually only won five out of six at, uh, sorry five out of uh, eleven at um, at Canberra Stadium well six and six home record but one of those was in in Wagga so. Um, yeah, not a great, not a great record at home, which was which was strange. Yeah, it's it's weird to think that you know a team made a grand final and their home records fifty percent. It just yeah, unfathomable. Yeah, yeah, no, and, and certainly the way we've gone many times over the, the course of the season. So, so anyway, that's that's going through the, the season. And then of course the finals. We got that, that Melbourne, that Melbourne one was was an amazing game. Um, again, probably you know you talk about rub of the green. We probably got the rub of the green that night and. Um, you know, this is where I don't have have um, a real view that the Roosters should feel too too um, bothered by what happened because we weren't particularly bothered by the fact that um, Vunivalo's arm wasn't out or we weren't bothered by the fact that um, they came out afterwards and said that either Croker or Whitehead should have been Sinbin. Um, that was that was massive. That was massive to 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 find the way um, to win in in Melbourne a second time. Um, and for Bateman to have that, you know, Leilua flick pass after all the fireworks carry on. Um, it was such a Raiders game. And, and Bateman, Bateman to score. And, and <laughs> you know, we, we really, on Greenhouse Live, we really tried to capture that by by going over to the other side where um, most of the Raiders supporters were. And hopefully people enjoyed seeing that, everyone coming out of the ground. Because that was, that was very, very special. And the, the realisation that we then got a, a preliminary final at home um, mm. You know, which was a rule that actually got. You know, at, at round one, that wasn't actually the rule. I don't think that we could have. Oh, no, it changed. Final. It changed after twenty sixteen. I think after the uproar that we had. Oh no, had no, no! It was only. It was only this year that. It was only this year it changed. Now, now exactly when it started, whether whether they made that decision before the start or or just after. But certainly, certainly, I, I, let me. Well, I can guarantee you, Christmas time last year it wasn't the rule. So, um, whether it came in just before or just after, I'm not sure. But. Um, you know, so we, we suddenly got that. We suddenly got a home preliminary final, which was, which you know, I think Steve described as the biggest sporting event ever in the ACT. Of course, he was never going to consider that. Um, you know, we could have the Olympics here, and he wouldn't have, wouldn't have, oh, wouldn't have rated higher higher than a rugby league Ron, game. But he's playing a grand final here. Didn't, didn't rate either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't doesn't even rate compared to you know a, a Harold Matthews game going to Steve. But um, yeah, that um, that was pretty special. That whole build up to that, and and again, we started with the the green sausages and the green bread and the green donuts, and and just the whole of Canberra being so excited. The yeah. the game, you know, everyone were looking for codes for tickets on that um, 
that day they went on sale and then, you know... Sold out. <laughs> sold out. Only, about, only about five minutes of, of sales once it went to the public. I mean, that that whole thing. But I have to say, and I, I sort of have my regrets about this, I, I honestly didn't enjoy that week and I honestly didn't enjoy the game. Um, it's because you were so nervous about I was what so would nervous, happen if you lost. So nervous. And, and I think the players were like that too. I mean, Caesar said after the fact in a couple of different interviews that they all felt really tense about the game and, and it showed. I really think we played tense football. I think defensively... Defensively, that's a different thing because it's, it's attitude and it's and it's determination and you don't have to really think about it. You kind of just react to what's going yeah. ahead of you. you. You follow your structure and you react to what you're seeing. Whereas in attack, it's more creative. You think about it more. You've got to do things and there's more pressure on you to do something with it. And yeah. I think that showed on that day. Um, whereas on grand final day, it was just, no, no, we're going for broke here. Yeah. We know what we've got to do. We're just going to go ahead and do it and if it comes off, great. Well, our grand final day it was there and you know in front of you. and But... You know, I think the thing about the preliminary finals, and, and I, I've mentioned this, that I've sort of been involved in, in different sports with preliminary finals under this structure, that you, I think it's so much on the line because the difference between winning and, and going into the biggest game of your life or losing and, and oblivion is, is just enormous. Now, we've now lost a grand final. I didn't particularly enjoy that. But... but um, just to be be part of that, and, and I felt, think the feeling if we had have missed out there would have been horrendous. So I think in many ways that was it was a really nervous time, and, yep. and in some ways it was, then was became a game that we were expected to win. Grand final maybe you know a lot of people didn't expect us to win, although I thought we were we were pretty good odds at three bucks or whatever it was. But um, yeah, but but it was it was a tight game, and and, and it, we. We at times didn't play our best, and we needed a little bit of luck there too. That that one where Jacko's um, sort of lost the ball but kicked it through um, to score. But but certainly when Papali um, got that try at the end was was pretty special. It, it still wasn't home for me at that point because with Nicol Proxted being in the bin, I think I mentioned in the greenhouse live that went till about midnight that night. Um, that um, I think my life flashed before my eyes when Nicol Proxted got. Ten in the bin with about eleven minutes to go because I think I everybody's heart sank. But we were, we were, we were yeah. what four points up, and we'd missed a couple of penalty goals, or we missed a conversion and penalty goal. Um, that it was like no, please no. You know that it was it was sort of set up for them to score the try, convert yeah. and win by two points, wasn't it? So um, I think we all breathed a sigh of relief about that, but. But that's sort of game by game. So that that was that was a massive thing. Now I know you've got a few stats there, Matt, that I um, yeah. you want to go through. Look, I, I think we should probably touch on a few. Oh, okay, let's, let's get a few for a second while we're doing that because um, they might lead that way anyway. Sorry, yeah. I'll just scroll back to where we finished. Um, Andrew was so great being at the game, seeing all the amount of green in the stadium. Certainly brought the atmosphere. Now I don't know which game necessarily he was talking oh, about. I'm sure he's talking about the I'm sure it's one of those those last yeah. few. Um, Lee says, "Got to remember that the Storm game. We had a four-day turnaround playing at six o'clock. Yeah, we we mentioned that on the green. Oh, that was that was the first before. Storm game. The, yeah, it was the shortest possible turnaround we could have. Yeah, well, unless they made you play um, Thursday night. Thursday night, but yeah, we played we played um, Sunday night in Gold Coast, um, and I think couldn't leave until Monday. So yeah, it was a short turnaround. Although you'd hope probably early in the season that um, we probably could cope with that a bit better. But uh, Anthony Wood." Uh, which is uh, Victor. Which is Victor. This year we've built the club both on and off the field. Ricky has to be congratulated for that. The feeling at the grand final, seeing all the green, 
uh, was overwhelming. It made me and the club so proud to see that everyone who before and on the grand final wore the colour green for a reason that uh, and that was because they were proud to do so. 2020 is ours. Yeah, look, Woodsy, I mean, that's, that's a great message there. And, and I think the thing, that, the thing that we will always remember, and, and um, we always used to joke that we'd never be allowed to have Victor without his... Um, Head on. How, how <laughs> on. He took it off himself. I mean, that, 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 um, that moment when we, we made it was, was pretty special where um, Woodsy took the Victor um, hat off just to sort of show the emotion that he had at that point. I think there was a lot of us in the same um, space. So, yeah, it was an amazing ride. And obviously um, to be part of that and... To, and he was part of all that week, and and to be on the field in the grand final was was just amazing. So, um, yeah, we. But I just wish we had that bloody last last couple of points. So, yeah. Um, anyway. Dean Dean touches on the humidity of Darwin, which which we touched on yeah. um, as a as the difference. Um, Andrew comes back beating Melbourne twice in the last few weeks was two of the best games of the year. Um, which which we'll we'll get to what we yeah. think was the best games of the year. Um especially the finals one against Melbourne. Uh, different Andrew, Andrew Evans. I still can't watch the replay of the grand final, but still so proud of the boys looking forward to, and excited to next year. I'm the same. I haven't watched it again. I yeah, I, I watched a bit of it. I do want to sit down and actually just watch it from start to finish just to sort of, um, I don't know, maybe torch myself, but um, just to sort of um, take it all in again and, and just sort of see, you know, partly in many ways just how well we played. But, um, yeah, we'll... Whether I might turn it off just before that last try, maybe. Um, but yeah, look, it was it was. That's the way it goes, isn't it? But anyway, let's let's get to these stats. Yeah. Okay. So um, we we stand off the top that Ricky Stewart's aim was to solve our defence yeah. and and fix it. And as I say, we were a bit dubious. We'll wait till we see what will happen. Yeah. But so his goal this year was to be the number one defence in the year. Well, we were that for a long period of time, um, but we ended up being top three with the Storm and the Roosters marginally better. We finished yeah. third. Um, now, last year we were conceding 23 points and 3.6 tries a game. This year we were giving up 15.6 and 2.6 tries a game. Now, I know that we touched on it um, a few times last year that the best teams defensively play grand finals. Now, last year the two best defensive sides played in the grand final. Um, this year, two out of the top three did. So... Your defensive stats wins your finals, and Ricky's now built a side that can do that. Um, and just to, to back well, up, we never got we never got thrashed the whole year. We lost one game in double figures. That was that storm one, which, which, which as I say, two. I thought we played pretty well that game. So, um, yeah, that's that goes to show how how good we were defensively, um, and to turn that around, and, and even when we two thousand sixteen when we had such a good year, we we were. Far, far from being the best defensive oh, team. I mean, we, we scored 100 more points in the opposition um, than any other opposition, but we were a long way from being defensively. And I was really worried going into the finals that year that we wouldn't be able to play finals football. Now, we actually did. We played three really good finals. But, um, yeah, we played we played the way you want to play in finals all season and um, that held us in pretty good stead for, for three very, very good finals. Yeah, well, as I say, defence wins your competitions and yep. when we got that close. Um as for our attack, um, and 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 defence showed that they won the competitions because something the roosters the roosters stat or something in the in the finals for the last two years is something they've averaged something like eight points or seven points against them or something like that. So, um, 
That just goes to show, defence defense wins finals. Yeah, so conversely, our attack, we actually averaged five less points a game than 2016, which you were sort of alluding to there. Yeah. Um, we were actually the fourth best attack. We actually finished higher than I thought we did as far as attack, and we, we averaged 3.6 tries a game, which was the fifth best for try scoring, uh, which is interesting because I actually most people would say Jared Croker's kicking wasn't that crash hot this year, so um, to be the fourth best attack but fifth best try scoring yeah. team is interesting. Um, our completions were up on 2016 um, at just under 80%, which again again showed um, Storm had the best possession rate. We were second to them. And uh, the kicking stats, now this is something that we've harped on a lot about in the last couple of years, about how poor our fifth tackle option is and how few repeat sets we get and, and just how, how bad our kicking is in general and up into including field goals, which interestingly enough we were the best at this year. I'd say a lot of that was off the back of Caesars field goal-a-thon in at Shark Park. But uh, we forced line dropouts this year. We were actually yeah. seventh in the comp for forcing dropouts this year, yeah, which, and is, that, which is miles better than we That were made a big difference because we were last, worse, last than, worse than the comp last year. But, mm. but we are in good field position most of the time to do that. And we, we were able to put the pressure, we were able to build build with pressure and, and our defensive pressure then, then often broke, broke it away. Yeah, um, and our kick metres were way up too. We, we were last last year, whereas we were fifth this year, which is interesting. Um, we're still a dummy half running team. We were, the, we were first for that. Um, an interesting one for us is that the Raiders actually passed the ball less than any other team in the competition this year, which I thought a little bit strange for a team that makes grand final to have such a low passing stat. Well, we played, we played a lot more conservative. I mean, it was a concerted thing over the, the summer to play more conservative, and that's exactly what we did. So I had no idea about that stat until you told me it just before, but um, that surprised me, but, but we did um, play conservative. Um, so ultimately, the statistics back up the fact that we played a really good, really well, and we, in some instances, we actually probably did better in places we didn't think we were doing that well in. But just as the yard marker, because the Roosters won... Um, they only conceded 2.3 tries a game. Now, we're obviously pretty close at 2.6, but there's obviously a little bit of wiggle room for us to improve. But the difference was they were still scoring 4.4 tries a game. And that's the difference is when they made a half break, they were scoring tries. When we were making a half break, we were only converting, say, 50% of them. And, and that's the difference between averaging three, three and a half tries a game or four and a half tries a game. Yeah, I think I think there's I think there's a bit in that about that stat, but I think the other thing that the Roosters did towards the end of the season is they won a lot of a lot of games at the SCG against some pretty ordinary teams, and we had a reasonably hard run coming to this into the finals. I think sometimes you see teams um, pretty much pack up shop going into the finals. We didn't play anyone that had packed up. Well, the only one you'd argue maybe you'd packed up with the Warriors, and and they probably felt they'd packed up too with about ten minutes to go in that last game, but they they uh, Found a way, and we found a way to lose. But um, yeah, so they, they got they got quite a few points there. Um, Do we want to touch on a couple of? We the... want to go through a few players. We we've, we've Steve's given us strict instructions not to go player by player this year, like we did, have done in the past, because we may be hit or midnight if we did that. But um, I want to talk about um, our recruits. So clearly, we we bought very very well in is with with. Um, Nickel Clockstead coming in right, right, sort of at the end. He was, he was signed the day before the, the family day thing at Belconnen early in the year. Yeah, he'd been, he'd been in Canberra for I think, twenty four or thirty six hours yeah. before he ran onto that, that, that pitch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but Bailey Simonson, who, who, um, 
was on a train and trial, which we've now heard got was given a thousand bucks a week during that that time um, to live off, with no no guarantees that he was going to um, even get a spot on the list, let alone um, play uh, nearly every game. Um, what do you play in the end? Twenty. Twenty one. Ryan Sutton, who I think can consider himself a bit unlucky, actually, that uh, he actually played 20 out of 24 games, and the four games he missed was was uh, through injury, and then then got dropped for the the final. And I think, um, you know, I'm I'm a big rap for Emery, but uh, I think he can he can count himself a little bit unlucky. And uh, there's an article in the Canberra Times, I think today or tomorrow, that um, talking about that you know he's going to use that as motivation for for next year. Mm-hmm. Um, he was he was really good. We we talked about. Um, perhaps not expecting the world from him, that he wasn't quite where some of the other English players that had come out, where they'd sort of been established national players. He was he was still a young guy. He'd played quite a few games for Wigan, but a lot of those off the bench. Um, but he, he, I think, showed a lot. And, I, and if he uses that, that disappointment of not getting a game in those finals mm. the right way, I think he's going to still be a very, very good player for us. And he, and he actually did a lot better when we had players injured and he was actually starting. He wasn't as good off the bench. Yeah, so I, the argument I've heard as for him losing his spot to Emre was that Emre's a bigger body coming off the bench and therefore can provide more impact um, in, a sh- in shorter minutes, um, which I think is basically the difference in their game style. I, he definitely played his best games. Um, I think it was mostly while Tarpanay was injured and he was starting at lock. Um, he seemed to be better with the more minutes he played. He seems to be a sort of a high-motor, um, high-work-rate type guy, therefore the bench is not really his go. Um, I mean, I'd, I'd argue that if he was playing prop for the sort of that 40 minutes, he'd probably be all right. But he, he's sort of a he needs to be playing 40 at least, I think, to get the best out of him. So um, I think that was that was essentially the call between the two. Um, and I'm I'm with you. I, I, I like Emre. I think Sutton's done a great job. Um, but that was ultimately the the call, I believe. And I think he struggled a little bit when he came back from that injury, Sutton. But the, the, if if you want to see how good Sutton is, go and watch that game when we beat the Tigers at Parramatta. Because Papali had played Origin on the Wednesday night, so he started on the bench and had a great game anyway. But but um, Sutton started that game and he was magnificent. Everywhere. He, he was everywhere. everywhere. He was great. Yeah. So, you know, go and have a look at that. That's how good that guy can be. So, you know, you're looking for improvement for next year. I think he'll be he'll be there or thereabouts. The other the other ones that um, made their debuts this year, they weren't brand new players because they'd, they'd been in the, the club in junior grades, but um, Horsburgh. Who yep. ended up playing um, twenty two games, um, and I think really improved it throughout the season too. From from being um, a bit of a hothead coming off the bench, he looked good right from the start. But he, you just questioned whether he was going to give away penalties at the wrong time and maybe make a few a few Penalty bad decisions. Errors. Yeah, and maybe get suspended. I think it was his third or fourth game. He had a bit of a shocker. He yeah. gave away a couple of penalties, dropped a couple of balls. I can't think who it was against, but. Yeah, I think it was his third or fourth game. He had a Barry Crocker, but after yeah. that point, he was solid as. Oh, and he he, he developed, and, and he really came of age that game in Melbourne um, when we won the first time uh, down there. He was he was magnificent that day, and you know gave us really solid um, off the bench ever since that, including the grand final. I thought he was yeah, very good. He was as very well. good the grand final. Um, so he he got twenty two games. The other one that made his taboo this year uh, was Seb Chris. Played um, four games. It was good. Um, the first game was against the Rabbitohs where he got about two minutes. He, the other three games, he actually scored a try in, in each of them. So that's a pretty good um, return. But but probably as a young guy, wasn't going to be there when the, the whips were cracking. But um, the other one he made his debut and was very impressive. But um, 
will have that asterisk against him um, and is going to have to wait out a bit of next season is Hudson Young. Mm. And and he he um, was very, very good. But Has to um, those two eye gouges are going to... Um, they're going to be something he's going to have to come back from, and it's going to be that's going to be a challenge for him. Yeah, well, he's you know he's he said he's um, upset about missing finals, yeah. and and he's obviously going to miss a huge chunk of next year, and and those loadings I think hang around for two years, so yeah, yeah. he's going to have to keep a pretty clean slate for the next few years. Otherwise, he's going to keep getting big suspensions, and yeah. and you know with clubs with salary caps and things like that, you get too many of those, they they tend to move you on because it's no point playing a bloke that doesn't play. Yeah, he's going. He's going to have a reputation. That's the reality of it. I mean, there's, you could argue that second one was to you know, obviously went to the, the judiciary and um, they fought a good case, but um, didn't get off. But people aren't necessarily going to remember that. They're going to remember that he got done a couple of times for eye gouging. So he's going to have to come back from that. But um, he's certainly a very good player. So we we brought in some really good players during the season, and then of course the one that I haven't mentioned, and I deliberately. Didn't mention him, but but the you know really the recruit of the year and and recruit of the year from from a point of view that we knew he was going to be a pretty good player before he came was um, was John Bateman. I mean he he just um, transformed the way we played and transformed I think the the hardness of the of the group and um, and I think the way he fitted into the club and 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 also the city Look. was um, was something that we we you know was beyond everyone's wildest dreams, really. Ultimately, John Bateman's character seems to be a perfect reflection of Ricky Stewart's. You know, know, Ricky Stewart said he, not only did he want rep players, he wanted players that had to win. And there's a difference between the mentality of um, being winners or whatever. It's there's a very different mentality between players that have to win. They must win. Lost losing isn't isn't something that hits their psyche. That losing, you know, you hear stories about Ricky Stewart losing pool games and breaking pool sticks and punch. Like that's the kind of guy John Bateman is. If he loses, he takes it to heart every time. But he has to win. And there was a nice article after the grand final. We're not encouraging where, anyone to belt belt break people. Pool, yeah, belt, 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 pool cues, by the way. But, um, um, but after the grand final, he was the only one watching the Roosters celebrate, and he yeah. was taking it to heart. He was taking it in. Now, yeah. this is a guy who has now played, I think, five grand finals in six years or something, yeah. and the guy's only 24 or something. Yeah. So, um, you know, th- this is a guy that has to win football games, yeah. um, and he was most definitely the difference in our side this year, and he won several games off his own bat. And um, of the four games he was gone, I don't think we won one. So um, yeah, well, they were the three games. Well, um, so he's played twenty. No, he's four games. Yeah, no, you're right. So he's he's played twenty three. So he he missed those three games um, after that cheekbone injury, and then he then they rested him for that last game against Warriors. So you're right. We lost all all four of those. So yeah. Um, so um, he was definitely the difference in the year, and he's probably it's probably a little harsh on C and K to not not get recruit of the year given the season he had. But but Bateman was phenomenal and very much deserving of his Dalian. Well, the thing that the thing that we got this year, and this is this is the real challenge for next year. We're going to start talking about next year. We we want to find the next CNK, the next Bailey Simonson, because we got a number of players, and we will talk about this because this has been a big talking point since the grand final. We got a number of players, really, that we were paying, and none, you know we don't have the salaries in front, but we got a fair idea um, that we were paying a fair bit less than what they delivered. So Nigel Clockstead's clearly one. I mean, the talk was he was on just over hundred grand when he first came. 
Bailey Thomason, the, the talk was he was on a thousand bucks a week in in um, preseason. Now, once he got a contract, he would have got more than that. But um, Horsburgh, I don't think was on much money. Bateman, I think you know the talk was he wasn't on a lot, uh, as much money as perhaps we thought. Um, we'll talk about that because that's going to create some issues going forward. But um, Horsburgh, I think I've mentioned, and, and a few others. Um, Hudson Young, was Hudson one. Young probably wasn't on a lot of money either. Um, that they just delivered that for us, and mm. and that's going to cause us some problems going forward. It's already sort of with re-signings, but um, we'll talk about that. But we really got away with with some very cheap players that delivered, you know, big money years. Really, well, I said that off off the top of the year that for us to to play finals football or whatever, we needed. We needed some rookies to stand up and do it. Um, we've we've listed all of them, all of those guys that came in. They all played well above yep. their playing weight, and that's and that's how you make grand finals. I, I said I said I said that right at the start of the year. We're going to need a few rookies to do something yep. special, and we had a few rookies that did something special. So um, whether they can back it up in year number two is always the interesting thing. There's always that second year syndrome thing, but um, we obviously have the squad to do it again. Whether they do it again is yep. is a different story. The other one I want to talk about, who, without going through every player, but but the one that I just want to talk about, just he's our fans' choice player of the year. We interviewed him at the start of the season. We'll do it again next year, presumably. Um, Josh Papali, third Meninga medal, um, going to the front row. Um, I know he played a little bit there, but you know, with the loss of Boyd and, and Polo, going to the to the front row, um, had a super super year. Had a, had a, no. Had a big year for um, Queensland as well. Um, and then that preliminary final just elevates him, I think, to, to legend status at the Raiders, that um, he is an absolute superstar and he showed that this year. Yeah, look, I said on Greenhouse Live, we it's very similar comment because he won the Players' Player on that as well. Uh, sorry, uh, Green Machine Podcast because same thing, he won it, yeah. won it there too. He has to be right up there with Meninga sort of status. Yeah. Um, you know, it'd be really nice if he could get a premiership ring to sort of cap yeah. it all off. But um, he is most definitely going to be a guy that's up there. And to think we nearly lost him to Ricky Stewart's Parramatta. Um, yeah, we talk about Tedesco sort of knocking yeah. us back. That that um, June thirty rule um, sort of came to came to good with um, Papali, didn't it? Yeah, well, we got very lucky on that one. So we'll you know we'll take it. Um, yeah. But yeah, he's definitely going to go legend status. You would have to think. Yeah, um, he's, he's phenomenal. Definitely. Um, so I know Steve's got a couple of other questions there that he was talking about. We might do that I and think, then we'll get on I think on while to... we're talking about good players, I think one of the questions was who are your top five players for the year? And I suppose, and give a brief why. So you can go first. Oh, so do you want me to go first? Uh, yeah, you can go first. Oh, well, we'll start with Josh Papali because he's a pretty obvious one to me. Um, it's happened the last two or three years in our players' poll. He seems to start the year a bit slowly, but once he hits Origin, every time he hits the field after Origin, he seems to be one of the best players on the field. Oh, he regularly yeah. he regularly seems to pick up threes. Now I don't, I'm sure he was pretty good from round one. I was this year. I mean, he probably was. Now I know that in in our Green Machine podcast one, he was actually I think third or fourth once he hit Origin and then came home like a freight train. I think it was last year he beat Tarpany with a three-point performance in the last game to win, uh, which is Steve's nodding. So um, he, he has this ability to 
back end his year and, and peak at the right time, um, which I think is very important for any sort of player, but he, he's peaking at the right time. John Bateman, again, you can't go past me. One Daly M second row of the year. He was obviously the difference between us winning and losing quite a few games this year. Um, can't speak highly of enough of him and the fact that he wants more money to sort of back up the performance he's been giving us, throw the money at him, whatever he wants, have it. Um, I think CNK was probably our best back of the year. Um, he's obviously a buy that's come from the clouds. We only signed him two weeks before the season started. Um, he was probably buy of the year right up till probably the end of Origin, and then I think Bateman came past him towards the end there. Um, super, super, super year. So that's that's three, isn't it? Um, Jack Whiten, obviously. Um, finally cracked that Origin duck. He finally got in there. Um, obviously, his first game was a bit all over the place, filling in for Cody Walker and the kerfuffle of that. But his two games at centre were phenomenal. Um, and then, you know, he ended with a Clive Churchill medal. So, you know, you think at the start of the year, he was kicking balls out on the full. And then you look at the way he was kicking the ball in that final. Were, everything was on the money. Um, he's, he's come a long, long way. Um, the, the, the toughest one for me is picking the fifth one because I thought Jared Croker had a phenomenal year. Most people still bag him about his kicking or his defence or whatever, but he was his defence this year, he was he was rattling players, which I've never seen him do. Um, yeah, so, yeah, he's, he's, yeah, look, he's probably my fifth player, I think. I'll go with that. Yeah, I, look, I, no question Papali was, was the best player over the course of the year. Bateman was magnificent. Nickel Clock's dead. Um, and Whiten... Um, I would say, and, and I agree that Croker did have a very, very good year. Um, his kicking wasn't quite as good this year, but um, he had a very, very good year, and, and defensively he was very good. I mean, that one where he cut across even in the grand final, where he cut across from one centre to the other to make a tackle, um, was very good. I think he, he enjoyed having a bit bigger body next to him. Um, On both sides of him. Yeah, yeah, I think that made a big difference. Um, but for mine... I still couldn't take out of the top five Josh Hogson. I just think that he he was very very important to us. Um, the way he played, I thought he had, I thought he had a very good year um, as well. Um, you know, he he will always be sort of compared to that 2016 year where he was probably the best player in the comp um, or one of them for most of the season. Um, he probably wasn't that this year, but he was very very solid and he had a lot of good games. And when we got going towards the end of the season. He was very, very good. He controlled the game a lot as well. Um, he, yeah, I, I, I really have him up there. Whitehead's um, probably the unlucky man. He's especially his back end. Well, of the year. He's, he was, he's just he was so consistent. Good. He was he and Dunamis Louis actually only two to play twenty seven games. So um, Louis comes off the bench um, a lot. So Whitehead would have hardly missed a minute over that time. Um, yeah, very, very, very consistent season as we've seen every year. From him, he's just you know delivered every time um, there. I mean, even Dennis Louis. I mean, he's one that I talk about. He won the coaches award for the Meninga Medal. Um, was was very solid, and I think you know probably gets a little bit of criticism from um, certain people on the greenhouse and stuff like that. And um, maybe some of those people when he dropped the ball first tackle in the grand final maybe mentioned well, that I'm too. But but. Um, <laughs> He was very solid. I know he had a couple of mistakes in him, and I think at times as we got so good with all these strips and offloads, and you know, that's the other thing about Hogson. He yeah, basically strips. changed the game, didn't he? He changed the whole sport really with the the one on one strips. Um, 
I think Dunamis tried to get into that, and that's not quite his game. His game's just to run hard and straight. But Plug away is his game. Yeah, but um, he was good. Um, you know, Soli Ollie, we've talked about um, again. Again, he had to go in the front row. They had to, had a big role to take, taking on um, uh, uh, most of the time a starting front row. I know he played bench a bit too, but um, he was very solid. Played 26 games where maybe, you know, so he only missed that one when we rested the, against the, yeah, the Warriors, round, yeah. um, where maybe um, we thought that he was going to sort of show a little bit of age. Um, sorry, I mentioned, I may have said that. Uh, Whitehead and um, Louis were the only ones to play 27. So Croker played 27 as well. So um, Nickel Clock said 26. He just missed that last game um, against the Warriors as well. And uh, and Papali played 26, missing one with Origin. And I think Whiten played. Yeah, Whiten played 26 as well. So um, that was that was one thing that we had a few injuries mid-season, but we did have a pretty good run. Most of the time, we kept we kept our best players out there. Most of the, the year. vast majority of the time, yeah. with with the exception of Bateman having those few weeks off and Hogson having those few weeks off, there um there wasn't too many injuries to the key players, and that was pretty important as well. Um, there's a couple of other questions I think, and then I want to get to next year. Yeah, I was going to say next year is probably where we want to head. Where we get to grand final. Uh, Sam touches on George Williams of next year so just yep. give us a minute for that and we'll get back onto it uh, Dean said can't wait for 2020 Tyson quality video and discussing guys keep up the great work enjoy your summer period off looking forward to 2020 Rod historically plenty of teams have bounced back after a grand final loss the following season let's hope the Raiders follow the trend bring back the bring on 2020 great work fellas I think the stat is 30% of People who play in a grand final get there again the following year or something. So I think I read something like that the other day. So it's a a stat similar to that anyway. I'm not sure if that's 100%, but close. Uh, David, uh, the second time we played Penrith, the Panthers scored an early try and then had possession for about 11 minutes. Well, you touched on the fact that we didn't have any ball for 10 minutes. So uh, Rod's given us, Rod Gibson's given us his. Five, he's gone Whiten, Papali, Bateman, Hodgson, Croker. I think that's six. Oh, that's five. Cool. Um, he's top five. And I, 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 I can't, I can't. Uh, no, um, well, he's not, not put Nick O'Clockstead in, which, yeah, um, certainly which, he was very, very popular in the greenhouse, possibly a, ha- um, a Nick O'Clockstead, um, but 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 it was a good year. Um, let's talk about 2020 because yeah. there's <clears> since the grand final, there's been a lot of talk about. Um, personnel and, yes. and and interesting you mentioned a couple of minutes ago you said oh Bateman's probably looking for more money paying what he wants the reality is you can't do that in, in, in the sport because for every dollar you pay someone it's a dollar less that you can pay someone else sure and salary cap pressure does come does come on um, and certainly we're feeling that we've we've upgraded a number of guys for future years even if they were um Contracted for next year or not much money. So, um, Nick Clockster is probably an example of that. Although the rumor is that he's probably not getting a huge amount next year, and then it goes up from there. Um, those guys have deserved that, um, no question about that. Um, but it does mean that it then becomes a squeeze. Always. Um, we have got George Williams coming next year, and you don't get the England half back cheaply. Um, so he will be. Well, theoretically, you don't get him cheaply. That's not what I'm hearing. Okay, well, I'm I'm sure it's not totally cheap, but um, the reality is you get 
you get someone like that coming in who hopefully will be really important for us. That that's I want to talk about pre-season in a sec as well because I think that's going to be a key thing. Um, but just on the list management to start with. So you're George Williams coming in. Yep. Um, potentially you've got Caesar still contracted, but maybe they're looking to move him on a bit just to, to save that money and and um, maybe even for Aiden it's, it's best as well because he's on some good money now and if he's not getting a game next year <laughs> it may be hard to get a get a contract after that so and and maybe the worth of that contract won't be as much his player worth right now is the best at 11 well Barring winning a grand final, his his worth right now is probably the best it'll ever be. He played very very well in the grand final. We said, we talked about that on the night. He he played a great game. He played exactly the way we wanted him to play. I don't you know I, I don't not he's been in the system long enough now. I don't think he's going to be the next Jonathan Thurston. And I think that's that's probably obvious. But he I think played exactly the game we wanted. He played a pretty yep. good kicking game. He was pretty pinpoint. He controlled the game solid. defensively, very solid. Which, which at times he he um, he can make a blue, including that one that he did um, to give them the Rabbitohs that last hurrah in um, in the prelim. Um, but he's he's been solid for us over the time. And and if he if he goes, he goes um, with some good memories. I think of the Raiders because he he's he's had a pretty good um, time there, even if he hasn't become. Um, the superstar halfback that maybe we'd hoped, but um, yeah, but his his worth is probably as as good as it's going to be at the moment. There's some talk about him going to England. I'm, I'd be surprised if there weren't some Australian clubs that were interested in him as well. Um, Leilua's been the other one that's been talked about. So the the reality for him is he seems to be one of our higher paid players based on. A couple of years ago, it was, a, it was an amazing effort for him to come back this year from from what seemed to be a season-ending, if not um, career-ending, well, which is almost well, not life-ending, but but as far as walking um, life yeah. could have been could have been really bad. So um, it was lucky that probably they found that when they did, and he was able to get the treatment and and then come back. Um, it does seem as though he's one they're probably willing to sacrifice. Um, he's contracted for next year on some good money, and then they basically said to him, "Look, we won't be able to give you the money." That you, post, that same money post, post, post there. I, I would expect that there's other clubs out there that probably will be willing to offer that money. Um, I think he's a pretty important player. I know we've talked about that he's rocks and diamonds at times, but he he can certainly change games. And I think there'll be clubs out there with maybe a bit more money in the salary cap that will will look for him. Um, again, if if he leaves us, and it'll be sad if he does, and I think it'll be, I think he's talked it'll be sad for him as well. Um, well he, he, he's, he been, said he's been a pretty good player for today. us. Yeah, he said something today at the at the nines, I think, um, yeah. saying that it'll be sad if I have to go. But the clubs told me that that cap is a is an yeah. issue, um, and so I, you know I'll do the best for my family. That's yeah. that's the usual line that comes from those guys. But yeah, it certainly sounds like he's he is looking or being shopped or or whatever. So. Yeah. yeah, and the other one that's been talked about is is Rapana because um, it sounds as though there's this talk about going to Japanese rugby. Now, I think you've got to be a little bit careful about what you say here because um, the NRLs looked down on on anyone trying to do this in the past. Is that is that you really can't be signing a contract if you leave, you leave. So, um, but certainly the talk is there that he may he may go play Japanese rugby, um, make some cash, and then potentially come back. Now there'd be no guarantees about that because you can't you can't sign the, the NRL will not allow you, this Benji Marshall thing happened with this so the NRL will not allow you to sign up 
as a NRL player and then go and play rugby. Um, so if he if he goes to Japanese rugby, he will have no contract with the Raiders. Now, that doesn't mean that come before 30th of June he won't come back and sign a contract and, and come back and play for us, and, and I think that's sort of the intention. But um, there'll be no guarantees with that. If he goes over to Japan and gets hurt, um, mm. there won't be a contract for him back here, I wouldn't have thought. Yeah, well, um, my stance on this is he's off contract and therefore yeah. he's willing to... He's allowed to go and take whatever he wants. Yeah. Now, obviously... Um, the Raiders have said they can't offer him what, what he originally wanted and yep. and maybe Japanese rugby can. Yep. Okay, so he goes and signs a one-year deal there. Um, I believe their season finishes in May, so yep. um, it obviously beats the June June 30 deal. Um, he If he only signs for one season, then theoretically the Japanese club only has to release him from his last couple of weeks of the season, which no team's going to hold you back at that point. Signs for the Raiders prior to June 30, so be it. Now, obviously, as you say, that's pending injury and and any any other disaster that may or may not happen here at the Raiders. But I have no qualms with the player doing that. Yeah. You know, as long as it contractually marries up, I've got no no issue with it. Um, but yes, it's it's still a um, you know, play it as you see it sort of situation. Yeah, I mean I would thought Japanese rugby the biggest challenge you got you might catch cold because uh, watching some of the World Cup there's the wingers do stand around waiting for the ball a lot. But um yeah, I mean, so that'll happen. The other one, so the other one that's been talked about, and this is big, is is Whiten. Um, so he's contract for next year. Um, he then had an option in his favour for twenty twenty one, and it sounds as though what's happened there is is he's decided to knock that back. Now that doesn't mean he's walked out the door. What that means is that um, he that that option will have a amount in it mm-hmm. in, in the contract. Um, that he could sign for and do that. He he doesn't necessarily want to sign for that. He wants to sign for more. And I think his manager's coming. What his manager said is probably not totally unreasonable, which is that he wasn't a Chuck Clive Churchill medalist when he signed that contract. He wasn't. He wasn't a um, an Origin player. Wasn't an Australian. He wasn't player. an Australian player. Um, so that's fair enough. The other thing we didn't talk about. We well, there's one other thing to mention about that. He's changed managers. Yes. Managers don't get paid unless they do some work. No, do that's right. Work. And, and do this... some work. He's got to sign a new contract, and therefore. There's a push there yes. outside of the Raiders to, to change things. I think that's exactly right. And I think you're finding that with a few of these players that maybe it's their managers talking more so than themselves. But um, And that is disappointing, but that that's the world we live in. Um, the thing about what... I mean, we sort of touched on him having a really good season, but the thing about him is, is he did come back from what happened last year. I, I, I sort of have a little bit of a... The, the point that no one ever rem- talks about with that, which I think gets forgotten about, is that he actually played last season very, very well. So the, the incident that happened last year happened in February. So he had that hanging over his head um, I, I all mean, season. He played he played half the season and, and, and had a great season last year at fullback, um, knowing that potentially at some stage he was going get, to um, get banned. Um, it's almost as though people sort of think that this happened mid-season and he sort of had a good season up there and then, then he suddenly had something during the, the break or something like that and then got suspended. That's not what happened. It, he had that hanging over his head, which which was a pretty good effort to play as well as he did over that period. But his move to 5-8 this year was was um, was a long time coming because we tried it before um, and it hadn't worked. But He didn't have the personnel the first time yeah. and he didn't have the maturity. And but it really did. You know, for him to then become a Clive Churchill medal really did. Um... Yeah, look, I, think, I know that I mentioned it at least once last year, probably several times, that last year he was playing like a man 
um, on his last day. He didn't know, or sorry, yeah. didn't know when his last day would be. Yeah. So every time he showed up, this could be my last, and that's how he played. He he was phenomenal last year at fullback, and he probably would have won lots of awards for the Raiders had he played all year. But you know, you do something silly, you pay the price. Last year, oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. He had a good good year last year, but but going to a new position, he was he was very very good. He played Origin. Um, I proved to prove what I said all along. If anyone was going to play centres for Raiders from for in Origin from Raiders for New South Wales, it wasn't going to be Leilua or Croker. It was going to be White, and eventually that proved to be true. Um, yeah, I mean he's an Australian player now. Um, in in you know the elite company in the game, but I guess there is a feeling amongst Raiders supporters, and I think this is this is reasonable that um, he does still owe us a bit. That you know that we stuck by him over that that difficult period. So it would be it would be heartbreaking if he was to walk. But I I, I think the I think the reality with that, and you'll probably find this with Bateman as well, is that I am sure we'll move heaven and earth to sign those guys. But it does mean that then there is gaps. Fall out. Yeah. And, and and I think one of the things, and I know this got talked about in the greenhouse the other day, and I think this is really important. If you look at someone like Melbourne Storm, what they've done over the last 15 years, and obviously they had issues there about where they weren't compliant with the cap, but um, that what they've done is they've said, well, there's four or five players, you know, they had um, Slater and Cronk and, and Smith and for a fair portion of that time, Inglis. Um, they get sort of basically went and said, well, these guys are untouchable. So we're, we're going to pay them what, what we need to pay them. We're going to bring a lot of other players in and we're going to turn those over. And you saw that with, you know, they brought in someone like a Glasby who had been in Queensland Cup as a bit of a battler. They brought him in, developing, suddenly played Origin. I know some people debated whether that should have been the case, but he played Origin and then was worth a lot of money. So they basically said, okay, fair enough, go and take your money elsewhere and Simon Newcastle get a big deal. Um, we'll find the next player, and and I think that's one of the things that we're going to have to do if you're going to have sustained success. You've got to you've got to sort of protect your your, your king and your queen as you know chess sort of concept, and yep. and and be willing to move your pawns around and and be willing to um, turn those over a bit. Well, I mean, we we talked about you know finding the next CNK, the next Simonson, yeah. that sort of stuff. Well, the next guy to back up for BJ and or Rapana. You've got a guy like Nick Kotrick who could easily play in the yeah. centres. Simonson's proved that he's a NRL quality winger. So it's it's okay, you're losing some experience, you're losing some some um, you know fan favourites, but you're replacing them with guys that are good enough footballers to hold their own in those positions. Um, and you know it's a professional sport where people age and things change yeah. and you've got you've always gonna have a bit of turnover. So you've got to remember that sometimes Moving on a guy like a Leilua is yeah. keeping a guy like Kotrick because you can move him to a position or or a Simonson or whatever. Yeah, I was just about to say that. So so there is there is another guy waiting in the wings who's probably a bit of a Kotrick clone as well as far as being as, as big as he is at, at, at the young age. We bloke going to have Harley Smith Shields Smith who Shields. played who played um in the trials, um, then played Mounties and, and twenties all year. Didn't played didn't the twenties final got <laughs> Didn't have, yeah, didn't have a great game in the in the twenties final. He, no, he got he got binned. He got binned. Yeah. He got. Um, yeah, he's the Kiwi. Hold on, let's not have Sorry. conversation across, but um, <laughs> that's not going to work. Um, no, no. Um, so Smith Shields, Smith Shields, I think he'll be ready next year. Um, and he's a lot bigger than I thought he was. Oh, he's, he's, he's 90, big. He's ninety five kilos and hundred and eighty centimeters or something. Like, yeah, oh, he's, he's much not, bigger not than the tallest, I he was. but he's 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 as big across the chest as Kotrick. So, um, 
You've, there's a couple of other guys. So you obviously Seb Chris in the centres as well played this year. Um, Matt Tomoko, I'm not 100% convinced by him, to be honest. But um, is he he's, the, is he's he the Kiwi Kiwi, Kiwi junior, junior. Well, he didn't play junior Kiwis because it clashed with the grand final. But um, from uh, qualifiers for New Zealand, um, plays centre, can be a little bit rocks and diamonds. Maybe he's Looked per- a bit BJ-ish. Maybe his best replacement for BJ then. Um yeah, got him. So we've got a few coming coming through there in those positions as well. That's probably where we're we're pretty well um, covered as well. So, um, but that'll be that'll be the challenge over the next couple of years is to is to fit that in. And, and I think sometimes the comment is made, keep the list together is is the most important thing. And I'm not too sure that actually is. I think um, you've got to make your right decisions. Yeah. So it's about keeping. Keeping the right players yeah. and turning them over at the right time as well. Like, you, you, there, there are statistics in sport about turning squads over. Yeah. Um, now, obviously, after 2016, I think we lost like two players. Um, and then I think we did the same thing again in 17. We yeah. only lost like two players. And, and we went stale. Yeah. You, know, t- you can't go stale. Um, in this instance, it looks like we might be turning over yeah. three, four, five players, um, which I think ultimately... Um, continues to breed that competition and, and continues to keep things fresh and different. Yeah. Um, so you, you can't you can't keep the whole squad together. But but when you make your decisions, you've got to get the decisions right because yeah. when you make a wrong decision, it, it does tend to come back and bite yeah. you. And, and we'll be relying on finding those those bargain basement buyers again. I think that's right. I think that's the same in all sports. There's a there's a soccer team that I follow pretty closely. That um, came second in the Champions League last year, and and they didn't turn players over, and they look like they're paying for that now. So, um, the um, yeah, I think I think having having making those right decisions, finding those right players coming through is is going to be key um, to us continuing to be successful over over hopefully what's a long period. Hopefully, what we've also done too is it is that we've created a culture of, of winning here. We're probably going to get more Channel 9 games next year, um, whether we do or not. Well, we might get a handful more. Steve's laughing at that, but maybe we might. Um, certainly one of the things, hopefully, that the, the fact that this the whole final series captured the imagination of the Canberra community so much, hopefully it maybe means there's a couple more third-party deals out there that they can yeah. find as well, which um, maybe helps to keep a couple of players as well. Um, but yeah, it, it is one of the challenges you get, and it, and it goes to show that when you get the opportunity, you know, you don't know when the next one's going to come, and that's why getting beat the other day um, hurts so much. Um, Want to talk a bit bit about the preseason? So, um, it's no question we talked about preseason last year. Mm. No doubt that the two best years we've had over the recent times is as 2016, 2019. They were built on the back of really good pre-seasons. Mm. I think I mentioned to you before, I think in, in um, 2015, we actually went back training before the 2015 grand final had even happened. And um, we were really fit over that summer. We looked good early in 2016 in the trials. I know we didn't have a um, quite translate that into wins right at the start of 2016. We, we had that big run at the end. But we looked, we looked pretty good and then we, we looked very good this year. Obviously, we, we got off to a hot start. This year is going to be different because we've got a lot of players in the international teams. I think we said this around the World Cup too that we were going to lose a holy papa yeah. Yeah. period and we didn't. Well, well it was the was sixteen in the World Cup, wasn't it? Yeah, it might have been. Yeah. yeah. So so um, we're going to have a lot of players playing international. We're not going to have um, 
a lot of those back until Christmas time or just after. Um, we're already the rest of the team obviously played grand final the first week of October, so we're we're sort of mid October now, and we're like, you know we're only ten days after the season. Um, you know the the, the the comical line on the greenhouse is always you know who's going to say in the media this is the hardest preseason ever. Yep. Um, you know, and even they talked about that camp back in in November where they went away with the army or whoever it was doing that. Um, we're not going to be able to do that this year. We're no. going to have a compressed preseason. So the coaches and the fitness guys are going to have to get as good a preseason from a lot less time, and that's going to be a big challenge. Yeah, look, I mean, we, we were touching on this earlier that um, obviously not getting – they're probably not going to get a huge lead-up prior to Christmas. My, my, my guess is obviously they'll probably have the rest of this month off. Yeah. Um, I would say – it wouldn't surprise me if some of the fringe guys come yeah. back during November. You might not see any of the top guys until at least December, if not January. Because the ones that are playing, playing... They'll all be playing international football. The ones that are playing international. And obviously yeah. a lot of those are not Australian, playing for Australia. So they'll want to go home. I mean, I know Sutton's going to go home after the Nines. And, and certainly um, Bateman and um, Hodgson, I'm sure, will go home and probably probably spend Christmas at home. I and, thought Hodgson and, said he was having his family here this year. Oh, is he? Okay, well, yeah. I'm too maybe, sure exactly that. Was that. Last but year. but they, they, they certainly they need that break and, and they need that time. Um, and certainly if you're going to have these English guys, we need to allow them to go home and, and spend a bit of time at home. But... Um, that that will be an issue, and and the big issue for me will be we've got a new halfback coming, who you know you'd expect will be our starting halfback, who really won't come into our structure until probably January, and and um, can come into our game. So we're going to be going into round one potentially with a halfback who has only been in our system for a couple of months. The one benefit will be that he'll have. Hodgson at nine yeah. in this off season yeah. too. So with any luck, they build a little bit of rapport in these internationals, yeah. which I think might help him. But um, at the same time, given how much ball and how much possession of the game Whiten was getting at the back end of this season, it might be a case of Williams being blooded a little bit in the preseason, taking a little bit of pressure off him early in the year as he builds into it. That might be the only way to do it. Um, so, you know, but yes, the, the fact that we're going to have a compressed compressed preseason is a factor and I think ultimately it's the fitness thing that's the biggest yeah. thing they just they don't get back to running and, and running is one of those things you have to do time and time and time and lots and lots of repetition and um, you know the earlier you get started the better um, and obviously we're going to have probably a fairly big big and dis, dis, uh, disruptive break between now and now and New Year's yeah and 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 you know the mental side of it as well I mean the question the question is in 2017 we we probably didn't cope well with that we, we we thought we were going pretty well and 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 maybe you know the, the danger is you start to make that those little shortcuts and and so you know we got very close we were one step away from the mountain um this year but we don't we don't and and uh, that should hold us in good stead for future years but you don't start one step away from the top of the mountain you start at the bottom of the mountain again and we know how hard it was to get to that one step away mm. um We've got a lot of work to do to get to that point again. So um, we need a lot of things to go right again to get to that point. We're, we're certainly good enough to do it. There's no question about that. But, um, yeah, on the back of a tight pre-season, that will be something I'm sure we'll be talking about early next year. Let's get last few comments, and then I think we might wrap this up. Uh, Scott says, any news on Rapana for 2020? This wasn't his best year. Definitely one worth 
keeping at the club. Well, we've sort of we've sort of touched on. Well, to be fair, he also had a lot of injuries too early yeah. on. So he had you know he had that shoulder injury that we thought was going to keep him out for um, half the season, and that's the other thing we haven't talked about is that hopefully we'll we'll get through the internationals re- injury free. Uh, injury free because we've had some disasters there over the last couple of years. Um, that. Yeah, he had those injuries. He then kept getting injuries. So it took a little while to, go, to get going. He, he probably didn't have... He also didn't have Leilua next to him too, which oh, um, you, yeah. which he's, he's formed such a good combination with him. He may never have him again. But, um, yeah, that's that. Um, I think he's an important player to, to keep. I'd like to see him there. Um, Andrew uh, mentions any news on buying Lomax as a replacement for Joey. So that that is Zach Lomax. So there was a... There was a story um, on the greenhouse, I think it came out in the press, maybe even just before the grand final, that he was one we're looking at. Um, I, he's from the Dragons. I've watched him a fair bit in juniors coming through. He played the 16s, the 18s for New South Wales, the 20s. Um, I'd, take, I'd take him in a heartbeat. Um, yeah. I, uh, he looked very, very good last year, in you know, you know, last year 2018, for the Dragons. Actually played in the uh, finals, kicked a couple of clutch penalty goals in a, in a final where they just got beat. Um, he was seen to be in and out of the dragon side this year, but um, oh, I said to you before, if I'd take him as a straight swap, yeah, like, you know, he's he's got massive upside and he's only twenty one, twenty two. If if we could get him, that'd be great. But I wouldn't think he would come cheap. Yeah, well, it'll be interesting to see. He's only he's probably only got about twenty twenty five games of NRL at this point. Yeah. Um, you know, yes, he's had big raps in juniors and that sort of stuff, but. We'll wait and see how it goes. I mean, I think the biggest thing about any centre that comes through these days is that it's probably the least sought-after position, especially cap-wise now. It seems to be where you cheap out a little bit, um, which is one of, also one of the reasons why we're probably moving Joey on. We think we've spent too much money in the position. Um, I think it's a win-win. I'd say we'd be getting him cheaper than Joey, and obviously there's all the upside, and I think we mentioned that he could easily have a 10-year Croker-like career um, I think he's probably a little bit Matt Gidley-ish, but we'll wait and see if that turns out. See what happens. I, I, I'd be very, very pleased if we got him, but I, I think that might be long odds, to be honest. But um, he's also a very good goal kicker too. Well, the Dragons have got lots of outside backs, and I think that's one of the things that they can't keep them all, I think. Um, yeah, but we've got problems as well, trying to keep them all in as well. Yeah. Um, Sam comes back. Why is, it, uh, why is it so hard for the Raiders, who are the only NRL side in Canberra, to get some big third-party deals, keep these guys together. Surely there's some cashed-up supporters who can help out. Well, we talked about that. So hopefully hopefully that's what can happen. Um, I think there are some third-party deals that came out during grand final week that um, John Bateman's got a third-party deal with um, one of the car dealerships. It's actually owned by Nick Polites. I think Nick Polites owns basically the whole car industry, so it's pretty hard not to have a dealership that he's not connected with. But... Um, yeah, I think that, that happens. Yeah, and that, that has come out before, that we're not the worst. So, um, we look, you'd like to be able to get this um, and squeeze them all in. It, it's going to take a little bit of players at times being willing to to take unders. And one of the things you've got to do for that is you've got to have continued success. Um, it's it's um, We haven't made the finals twice in a row since 2003-04. So... Um, Next year is a massive year to be able to do that for the first time. And if we do that, then we start to get to the point where these guys don't, you know, have been together through something special over a number of years and don't want to leave. Um, that's that's where we need to get to. I don't think we're not not the only 
sorry, it was a person that asked like Sam. Sam. We're not the only we're not the only club to um to deal with this. And as I said before, I think what it gets to when you've got some superstar players is that you've got to choose four or five superstars, do what you can to keep them, and then your pawns around them you actually turn over. And and hopefully what happens is then you create an environment where you get any fringe player thinks, I want to go to the Raiders because, and that's exactly what they think about Storm, I want to go to the Raiders because they're going to make me a better player. I might and win a premiership. I might win a premiership. They're going to make me a better player. And at the end of it, I might go somewhere else and I'll make, I'll make big money. And... They go with our blessing, like this, like what's happened with the storm, where there's yeah. there's a lot of good players who come through the storm and are now at other clubs. Uh, Scott says uh, Seb Chris played well in his few NRL games. Well, yeah, he did. I yeah, think he did. He's got yep. three tries and four games. is pretty good. Um, Andrew said we should get more airtime on Channel Nine, but I doubt it. Yeah, well, Look, I, mean, I, I think we will. Grand finalists will get a few games. I reckon we'll get a couple in the early years, and then they'll peter off again well we were, we were popular and, and we we're a good side to watch but the reality is that uh the ratings are done on capital cities and we're not part of that capital no, no we are the capital city but from the ratings point of view we're not considered a capital city so from a financial point of view for channel nine um that won't be um as popular as, i mean i will say that as a fan it's actually much easier if we don't get a lot of games because playing on a thursday and friday night all the time particularly when we play away games makes it very hard to go so um, play on the weekends much easier. I think that's about where we're going to wrap it up. This has gone for a long, long time again, but hopefully we've we've had a pretty good discussion. Um, Matt, any final comments on the season? No, I don't think so. I think I think covered it all. We've covered it all, and I, I don't know that we can do much more than we did. I think between you know after every game, um, the special ones we did during the finals, and now this, we've probably um, outstayed our welcome on everyone's Facebook by now. So, look. It was, look, and Steve's just saying thank you to, to us. And I, and I think I got a bit emotional when Nick talked about this at, um, at Grand Final. I, I said, this, I'll say exactly the same thing I said um, that night, which I'll say every year, which is that if people have um, half as much fun watching this as we have making it, they're having a good time because we love doing it. And and we love the ride that happened this year. We we uh, obviously were heartbroken that we, we fell one tiny step short um, but what a ride it was and, and what a what a time we all had. So, um, yes, yeah, certainly my favourite year following the Raiders. So um, we'll be back in 2020. Pardon <coughs> me. Hopefully without a cough. Um, doing this all over again and um, enjoy the summer, enjoy the international games. But then until then, we say, Go, the Go Raiders. Raiders.